Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business in Heels podcast, the podcast that inspires and educates women in business globally to succeed. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Business in Heels podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says, know your value and stop discounting. (laughs) Joining me on today's show is Charmaine Keegan. Charmaine is a world-leading expert in training high-performance sales teams. Now, she has trained over 8,000 sales professionals, empowering them with the confidence to embrace selling with integrity and authenticity to deliver immediate revenue growth. Now, Charmaine is passionate about selling and even more so empowering others to to sell. And today, we're going to be able to learn from her as she shares how we can win more business, why clients, our clients, do not buy on price, and why we need to stop upselling and so much more. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Anne-Marie. How are you? I'm good. This topic is probably one that many business owners struggle with. I'm sure you've got many clients who come to you and go, Charmaine, sales. It's almost like a dirty word, isn't it? Thankfully, we've got people such as yourself who are able to share their expertise so that we can really start to see sales as as more of a a conversation, being of value to our our clients. But for people who may not have heard uh, about you or been able to participate in your training, can you give us a bit of an overview? of how you fell into this area or got into this area and why you're so passionate about it? Oh, yes, what a, what a good question. So I've always been in sales since four or five. We lived on a farm in England. We were quite poor and people used to drive past our farm and I used to sell things then. And then I was lucky enough at uh, 11 to get a job in the local farm shop. And it just occurred to me that you know, there's a way to engage more meaningfully with people and connect at a deeper level if you just are present and watch them and sort of recognise that everyone, I mean, we'd call it now buying differently and reading signals, but then I was just 11 thinking, oh, you know, if Frank comes in like this, I think I'll give him some space and then he always buys these, so how about I recommend these again, which, of course, we'd now call companion products. So at that young age, I was really learning to understand, I guess, human behaviour. And then I went really big into the psychology behind why people trust each other, which is what sales is, how to be a leader, how people buy into what you're saying and why somebody would drive to buy something of this person 
pass in other places that are cheaper? What, what's going on in that relationship there? So from a very young age, I was fascinated. And then I was in sales from sort of, you know, 11, 12, 13, and then a proper job, I guess, at 20. And then um, worked in media for a long time. And then 10 years ago, almost exactly actually 10 years ago in the last month, I started Smarter Selling and I was just helping people understand that sales should be easy and it should be obvious. And it's just, as you mentioned, it's a conversation. Somebody wants something, you have something, and it's just what happens in between, you know, and to, to do so with authenticity and in integrity. Yes, I love that. And you mentioned something I think is, is so integral, particularly when it comes from, from us. We're all consumers. We're also business owners who are really trying to have a, you know, a solid value conversation with clients, but trust. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure you've heard of the Edelman Trust Barometer. And I know mm -hmm. that studies have shown through Edelman that trust is at an all-time low because yes. of all of the fake news and, and other things happening. So for businesses, we need to be very mindful of, of building trust. So what are some things that we need to know around winning more business, particularly where trust is so important, especially on the, in the online space, which many of us are, are working on at the moment because of what's going on in the world? Yes. Yeah, very good question. So whether it's online or not online, really, it doesn't make a, a huge difference is how you communicate a bit differently. If it's through online, if you've got an online shop, but you've, you've hit the nail on the head, everything comes down to trust. And what, what you're looking for as a business owner, or as a uh, salesperson or anybody that's selling something where there's a money where there's money attached, be it a solution, idea, product, service, you're you're not necessarily out to think I will build trust, but what you're looking to do is help somebody. And I think this comes back to the foundation on why are you selling what you're selling? You know, and so every day, you know, we're teaching people now so much on telephone techniques, coaching every day. Really immerse yourself, we'd call that anchoring, in why your solution, product or service is of value to somebody else. And you need to build yourself up to go, you know, I can really help people here. Because when you've built yourself up with that and you know that you can add value, you know that you're going to help people, then actually as you go about your day-to-day, -day, your intent is quite different. And I think a lot of people, if they don't think like that, what they end up doing is thinking, I'll sell at somebody, you know, and they'll, they'll think of words like, oh, persuasion, or I'm going to influence somebody. I've got to sell at them and they think how can I sell this to John when in fact what you should be thinking is god what I've got is great and I it's, I reckon John should need this let's find out about John and this is the key thing, right? The key thing is seek to understand and when your mindset and your intent is I'll understand John asking questions, listening, being present, all these skills that we need to have, John can feel that my intent is genuine by the way I interact. I don't have to fake it or pretend or smile before I dial or any of that old stuff because genuinely I want to understand John because the more I understand him, the more I know how I can serve him. And as that interaction happens, you're connected at a much deeper level because you're really trying to understand his pain points, why he's using what he's using, why he may buy you, why he may buy somebody else, what's going on in his head, what his motivations, his desires, what he thinks the problem is, all those questions we would ask. What you then become, there's a point in that relationship where you, it changes and the energy changes and suddenly you hold the flag of trusted advisor. And once you're the trusted advisor, John turns to you and says, well, can you help? And then you become the solution provider. And that is what you're looking for because John may come to you and say, I want ABC, Charmaine. But really, if I just gave him ABC, I'm just a...
nine-year-old could do that. You know, that's reactive. That's just an order taker. My job is to go, oh, out of interest, John, why is it you're after A, B, and C? And to find out and to ask questions and to find out and to ask questions. And then I understand his situation for then, and, and he can feel that I've become the trusted advisor. Then I should give him the solution that suits him. And um, nothing to do with money, nothing to do with what he's asked for, but the one that I know with integrity and authenticity, almost like I have an obligation to, to offer what's right for his situation at the time. And Amory, that's that's how trust is formed. That's where the yeah. basis of trust comes from. As you were explaining that, Charmaine, I really could sense, almost picture myself having a conversation with someone that someone was asking me those questions. And so often what happens as um, business owners, what we try and do is preempt the conversation, don't we? Mm. And we do a lot more of the speaking because we think we need to validate um, our solution as the solution. But if we haven't taken the time to find out and really be curious, so what I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, we should be doing a lot less speaking and a lot more listening at the beginning because how on earth can we provide a real tailored customized solution to fit their needs um, if we haven't found out what that is do you find that that's one of the biggest obstacles that you often find that we salespeople are doing we feel like we need to get as much in to the conversation to position ourselves that's such a good question and what you've pointed out is totally right so they do feel they need to validate because of a few reasons. As a business owner, we tend to feel as though we better show them why it's the right solution and we jump in way too early. We call it in our in our sales funnel that we have right at the beginning. We don't even know what they want it for yet or why they're buying it or what motivates them or what they've looked at. We know nothing, but we're in there, you know, telling them that ours is the best thing since sliced bread. And so that's one, because we feel as though as a salesperson, that's what we should do. But I'm going to have a second wave to that, Anne-Marie, and that is a lot of people in the 80s were hired as salespeople because they can sell us to the Eskimos. They've got the gift of the gap. You know, he'll be good at sales. And it was this sort of like go and talk to people. So you had a lot of extroverts that were very chatty, very bubbly, out in the marketplace talking at people. And they got away with it because of personality, really. Whereas what we're teaching people is, you know, you can be an extrovert, of course, but when you get with somebody, your, your focus needs to be, how can I serve this person? How can I help this person? And you don't know how you can help them. You don't know what they want, what they need, what they desire, why they need it. You know nothing. And so, you know, we have a simple methodology, which is at least 95% of the time, the client needs to be doing the talking in order, as you've just said, in order for you to understand them and know what they need and what they want for you then to put forward this right solution. It's got to be them doing the talking. So the skill actually, Emery, is asking the right questions, listening and being present. They're, they're the core skills that are in there. And when business owners hear that, to be honest, they're quite relieved because they really think, oh, thank goodness, I thought I just will go and tell, you know, talk to people why they should buy it. And once they've taken that I'll push, I'll push it hat off mm. and they can just be normal, yeah. suddenly the whole the whole interaction changes. And, you know, your client feels it. They, they feel if you're trying to push something at them or listen. It's two completely different ways of going about your business. Either you're pushing, 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 and your language is pushing, or you are listening and being present and, you know, taking your time over questions and saying, hey, I didn't quite get that, Frank. Can you repeat that again? And they, they, the difference is really tangible, very, very different. Yeah. I love that you've um, reminded us of that because you were saying earlier 
I don't know if these were your exact words, but when we take it from that curiosity aspect and not that pushing and not feeling I have to get as much in, the energy changes. And mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, the energy when you walk into a room, you can cut the air with a knife because there's so much tension there. There is that unspoken tension, which often will come through the, the phone if we're on the phone yeah. or if we're face to face. I'm sure we'll, we'll see that. And there's, you know, I remember the day because, you know, I've been in business for quite some time but some of those and you mentioned you know those old selling techniques it's almost like you have a script and you get so focused on the script when something happens like because we're dealing with another human being who might (laughs) say something you think hang on a minute that's in point eight I've got to take them all the way to you know to point two it completely the the conversation is really disingenuous you know or it's not genuine is it and people can really feel that are there any other things that you see people still doing when it comes to sales that you think that is just so old school and you're really tarnishing the relationship before it even begins assuming the biggest thing is assuming I assume you assume there's a certain judgment that happens but being aware that you assume will stop you jumping in um, that's a really big thing, assumption. And the, the next one is people think that people buy on price. That's because they're listening to a client and the client said, I didn't buy you because of price, which is a, a nice, clean way to say, actually, I got on better with somebody else who understood me better, but I don't want to say that. So I'll just say it was price. And then what happens is the salesperson believes that or the business owner believes that. And then they have this thing in their head that people buy on price. And so they go out and they sell things and they're already discounting in their language and in their tone at the beginning before they've even known somebody. So assumption and really the the value in their head are the two big things. We come across it right now because right now we've had COVID-19 and we have all these people that were in territories that are now doing telephone sales techniques. So we have got back-to-back online programs and we've got coaching all to do with telephone sales techniques. And our biggest customers are people that are on territories because, and I don't want to fall out with my customers, but you're going to have a certain percentage that frankly got by on a wing and a prayer. Mm. They turned up, they were nice, they chat about how your mum's going, have a game of golf, blah, 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 and they got the business. And now they're on the telephone, oh dear, we can't see somebody, we can't feel, taste, touch, smell, we can't demonstrate we suddenly are down to telephone techniques. Well, now you're getting to know who can sell or not, believe me. Because when I was 20, which is now 28 years ago, when I was first in my first sales job, I was a field salesperson, which meant, you know, I went out and saw people. And in those days, it was like you went from an inside sales to a field sales. Unfortunately, now in lots of places, that's still the case, which is rubbish. And I remember driving around, seeing people, and I could stand there and ponder, and I could read their body language, and I could work out they were thinking, and I would wait, and, you know, I could see they were processing something, so I would wait, and I could read all these signals. And I remember getting back to the office and watching the inside team and realizing that their skill level has to be a thousand times mine because they're doing it all by telephone. Yeah. They don't have, they don't have that beauty of watching somebody and reading that body language. They literally just have audio. So we're we're really seeing now people needing to to it's a completely different skill set on the telephone. And some of the older school ones who have got nice manners and polite, they've got other manners that are bringing in which are very positive, to be honest. And and they've got you know, go get, and they're not stopped by anything. So they're bringing with them, I will say, some great credentials at the same time, but they are now thinking, oh, my goodness, what do I now do? It's on telephone. I'm not driving around and chatting and seeing people. 
Yeah. Um, I love that. You know, and you mentioned something about, you know, clients do not buy on price. And this is a mm. key point that you wanted to share here today. Yep. I think that ultimately one of the key barriers, because often, I mean, if I think of myself as a consumer, um, if there is a handbag or an item, a piece of jewelry or whatever it is, price often has, if I love it, you will move heaven and earth to, to purchase that, you know, to, yeah. to get that. And I think that's really where we need to shift some thinking. What are some things that we really need to start challenging some of the beliefs and what are some practical yes. steps that we need to implement? Do you know what, uh, Amory, I think this is, and you've just pointed it out with, if you're part of a piece of jewelry or handbag, you're going to suddenly find the money, right? Because what happens is you shift the money from somewhere else that isn't priority is important and you shift it to that so so many salespeople. if I had a dollar for every time someone says to us my business is different which I'm sure you hear all the time or you know so competitive in my field I would be you know on a yacht right now quite frankly because everyone thinks that their field is different and that, that everyone buys on price and it's just absolute rubbish and the first thing I share back to them is if they bought on price there'd be no competitors mm. okay if people really were going to buy on price there'd be one coffee shop, there'd be one of this shop, there'd be one of everything. Because surely how does the competitor manage? So you've got to think, let me give you an example. I I get my printing done at um, actually Snap in Surrey Hills, right? So I'll give them a plug because they're amazing. I drive past at least nine printers to get there, uh, of which I know three are cheaper. So you have to ask yourself, what is Snap doing that that means for me, I bother as a consumer to bypass others, so it's not so convenient to get to them. And the fact is, and, and it's not they're not the cheapest, but the fact is it's the way they interact with me, Amory. It's the way they engage with me. I will ring up and ask for something, and they will say, I think the last time it happened, actually one of these big canvas boards. And I, I talk, you see, the, see, the client talks with authority, remember. The client talks as though they know what they want. I'm the consumer, and I go, Hello, Sandeep, I need six canvas boards. And I talk as though I know what I want. Well, I don't know what I want because I'm not a printer. Okay, mm -hmm. I think I know what I want. So that's one thing we remember that when the client comes to you, it doesn't mean that's actually what's the right thing for them. And we have an obligation to ask questions, listen and understand. So we do offer them what's right for them. Okay, they always ask me questions. How are you going to use it? Why are you buying that? Are you going to travel overseas with it? Are you, are you going to post them off to other states? And they ask me questions. And the last time this happened, um, they knew I didn't need it for, for three or four weeks. And they said, when you're passing by tomorrow, drop in. And I dropped in and they showed me the board. And I went, yeah, that's right. And then he picked one up and said, we thought we'd do it in foam because we think it'd be better. And he held, held this foam board up. I went, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I need. That's much better. And mm -hmm. that is why I go there because they care. The care factor is mm -hmm. so high. I had 2,000 postcards printed and they call up to say, your trademark's missing. Is that correct before we print them? Like, yeah, thanks. They probably, they probably save me more money. And every element of them is a care factor. If I need things posted to other states, they would text me that it's been done and I don't have to think about it. I turn up at that venue, I walk in and there it all is. It's like mm. all done behind the scenes. They would talk to another snap in another franchise or whatever, you know, you know how they work and suddenly it appears it's seamless they make it easy for me they ask me questions they understand they frequently would um question what i want to buy because they say let's just find out what you're using it for is that the right thing for you like once so many things printed and i asked for um gloss paper and it went on for ages and in the end he said i just don't i'm gonna post i'm gonna drop it off tonight and he dropped it off for the office and i looked at it i thought oh yeah that's not right now i need matt but 
That is why I go to them because they're an extension of my business. Now, when he says, oh, by the way, I think you need this and this, and he does, he comes into the location that we work at when we're doing face-to-face -face, and he walks around in the morning early at six o'clock and he looks at things and goes, oh, you need a new banner and you need this and you need that. And that's the difference because you know what? Most people are lazy. They're not prepared to do what others are. You've got to do what others are not prepared to do. Yeah. And it's yeah. not hard to stand out. You've just got to be genuine, ask questions and care about somebody else's business and not do a lot, to be honest. Ask some more questions, but really have the care factor and you're already steps ahead. Yeah. And that's my big thing when people don't buy on price. It comes up a lot. And the reason people think that is because, let's just say, I have another printer call me, which happens, and they say, I can do it cheaper. I go, good for you. And then... They often think, well, snap, let's do it cheaper than them. And it's not its not the case. But what people tend to do if they lose business is the person says, oh, it was a price issue. And then salespeople believe that. They actually believe what the, the customer said. And the customer can't say, oh, to be honest, John, you know, Samantha over here did a better job of looking after me and she asked me more questions and, frankly, she dropped some things in of value and, you know, she emailed that day and that's of high value to me. She looked a bit more professional than you did and you come in chewing gum and she didn't. And they don't tell you all that because often mm. unconsciously they don't even know why. So what they say is, oh, it's price. Mm. And then all these salespeople are out there with this thing in their head and, unfortunately, it means they go in and they're already dropping the price yeah. before the conversations even start and, therefore, you're going to lose all credibility if you do that. Yeah. So, so true. And if I'm thinking about, um, you know, suppliers that we've dealt with, it's those ones that go the extra mile. And sometimes it's really just delivering what they promise. And as you say, showing that care factor and the fact that, and then I, I guess that really leads even into the next um, segment you want to talk about, stop upselling. Because I would imagine that Sandeep, when he comes into your office to drop things, oh, you need this, or have you thought about doing this? Because there's that care factor and you know that he has got your best interest at heart, suggestions and things like that, you're going to go, yeah, actually, I do need that. And there may have been things that you hadn't even considered. I know I would do that and I've done that mm. in the past. But I didn't even know that that existed. But, yeah, uh, give me two. And that's something that I'm sure happens constantly, yes? Oh, you, you've, you've just summed it up, really, because I, I – um... Just to close the loop, actually, people don't buy on price, I'm going to add that you have to be sold on what you sell first. That's really important. You've got to be anchored with, you know what, this is $15. It should be $25. So when you go out, you're bulletproof, you're congruent, you stand in tour, you're standing firm on your price. I'm going to just add that's quite important before you in interact with anybody because if you're not certain, you are going to end up discounting. So that's a really important sort of foundation to come from. But then moving on to stop up selling, I hate the word upselling because um what what does it imply to you actually Amory if I said to you upselling what does that imply to you well you know when someone tries to upsell me I mean it really well the care factor is not kind of there it's more it more comes from the the value is more on for them like they're trying to get more money out of me and yeah there's no value there and for me I'm quite, if they take took the time, not only am I loyal to my suppliers and you'd have to do something pretty, you know, horrific for me to, to go, I'll change. But once I've decided to change, I will change and I'll be loyal to that supplier. But, mm. yeah, it's not 
from my best interest and heart. So the conversation needs to change. Can we provide, do you need more support in that area? Because this, this particular package or this product can provide you those needs if you're wanting to, rather than upsell. You know, yes. I don't know, that's kind of is what I'm thinking when I hear that. It is. I mean, we hear the word upsell. We, we think of reps that are pushing or persuading mm. or trying Tries to get with more. That. Do you want tries with that? Well, no, yeah, I don't want like, <laughs> As you've mentioned, the, the focus is on me gaining as a salesperson or me gaining as a business owner. Whereas, I, you know, if we come out of that, we go into this integrity place of I want to be the trusted advisor, the thought leader, you know, the solution provider. So I'm going to be present, ask questions, seek to understand, have a high care factor, ask more than anybody else has asked so I can really understand how I can serve this person. Then I become the hold the flag of trust. Then I naturally will go to solutions that are right. So if John comes to me and he wants A, B, and C, but I've now asked questions about that and I've got that relationship at a deeper level, and I think, well, he doesn't just want A, B, and C, to be honest, he needs A, B, C, D, and E, then I won't, to me, it's not upselling. To me, it is giving him the choice to buy something that's right for him. And I think we need to tweak the words internally for leaders to stop selling to their team, go and upsell, go and upsell, because it's completely the wrong intent. But they should be they should be saying, go and understand your customers. Yeah. Go and understand them. Go and ask them questions and listen. Go and understand them. Because once you understand them, then to me you have an obligation to give them the solution that suits them best, regardless yeah. if it's A, B, C, A, B, or 17 things. You're... Your job is that the, the trusted advisor in your field, they don't know. And as you mentioned, if you don't tell them, then no one's going to tell them. No. And so it's just therefore putting that forward, putting forward A, B, C, and to suit that, you need A, B, C, D, and E. Now, naturally, Anne-Marie, people would buy that because it's right for them. And I'm going to add here an important part to do with language. As long as you don't say things like, oh, I know you didn't ask for that and it's a bit expensive, which we hear all the time, mm. these Negative words just slip in, you know, and Australians and I'm English, we're just the same. How are you today? Not bad, not dead yet, not a worry. You know, it's constant. breathing. <laughs> Thank goodness. It's constant negativity. So when you come to that place of I'm the trusted advisor, it shows when your intent is I'm here to serve you. I don't mean be below somebody, but be equal with somebody. You ask questions. It's a mutual game. Okay, you have something, they need something, you become the trusted advisor because of your interaction, you then become the solution provider and if the solution is six things more than they asked for, then you're going to offer that because you know that that's what's right for that client and you'll be doing a disservice if you don't and yes. that's the place we need to come from as a place of authority where we're doing what's best for the customer. Yeah. And you you mentioned something earlier about, you know, your printer, if you wanted, say, gloss, for instance, and that might have been a more um, more expensive product, you know, higher level of investment. And he mm. realized, I don't really know if that suits your need. And he showed you the matte one. Now, because he's come down, he could have quite easily have said, well, let's, you know, let's just do double gloss then. That's but right. the fact that he had your best interest at heart for the value that you wanted and to really fulfill your need, the next time you go and ask for his opinion about something, you're going to trust that he yes. gives you the right response rather than thinking, well, I need to be careful because they're just going to try and push the most expensive product product to me and it all I think if you can't build relationship on trust if you don't have trust what do you have especially when you think of just so many um, others as you say competitors in your marketplace trust is everything I think anyway I know for me for a supplier 
Mm. It's going to separate you from everybody else. And, mm. you know, talking about the printer, I, mean, I hope he's not listening in because if he charge 20% more, well, he'll still get my business, but I hope he's not, not hearing this. But the reality is, um, in a way, if you ever have to say to a client, that's not right, and you sell them something cheaper and it's a long-term relationship, well, that's your best scenario yeah. because that's a very quick way to gain trust because they wanted A and B, it's going to cost, you know, $90,000. You said, actually, for that, you only need this, which was $25,000. They're immediately going to go, well, you're in it for me and not for yourself. Mm. And, but there are other ways because not always does that, that sort of fall in our lap like that. And it has happened to me, it's happened to you where you've been able to go, well, actually, this is better for you. Now I know what you want. And it's been cheaper. So the trust is quick, the stamp mm. is there. But in other cases, believe me, you just asking questions. Most people don't even ask questions. Most mm. people ask questions. They do their pitch, they talk at people, mm. and then they ask questions at the end because they've already diverted the customer. They've assumed a load of baggage about what the customer does and doesn't want. They've got their own baggage about what the value is and isn't on their own thing. And that's how the interaction goes. So if you do go in as the trusted advisor, the solution provider, that comes across with all in your intent. And naturally, you know, no point at the end will someone say, oh, Charmaine, that's 10 times more than what I came in for. Because by that point, you're on a journey together, right? So you're reading this, you know, you should be ahead of your client pulling them. You shouldn't be behind them, them trying to book you and you're not doing it. You should constantly be aware of where you are on the journey together. Yeah, so true. I love uh, the conversation that we've had today and I know we've probably just scratched the surface mm. um, but I know that uh, there's opportunities for people to reach out to find out more about what you do, how you can support them. Charmaine, so what is the best way for people to connect with you? Oh, wonderful. Well, we have um, our main website is Smarter Selling com.au and within that we have on online programs and we have lots of workshops which we're now doing via coaching so we have a be beautiful product really what's happening now people come to us to understand how they get higher performance out of themselves or their team and my team um, answer the phone they understand what what person needs and then of course we then recommend how they can help so that's smarterselling.com.au and from there really that's our base we have other products within that yeah, I'd imagine that uh, with, you know, many more people now having some time on their hands to invest in skills, mm. if we hone and, and really build on our ability to have great phone conversations, that's really just going to enhance, isn't it? Once we get back and things yes. will return where we're able to go out again and, 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 and see people face to face. But the skills I'm sure that you'll teach in that phone um, phone conversations is just going to add even more value to relationship building wouldn't you say it's a key skill to have 100 percent. my marketing person asked a week ago can you do a blog on maybe the top three telephone techniques and it went to her yesterday and it's 25 telephone techniques so within you know on top of our modules which is online and coaching together so people will listen to the online modules then have coaching face-to-face -face like this we have incorporated um over 25 tips for how to now communicate and build relationships and connect more meaningfully and be the trusted advisor via the telephone. Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, thanks once again, Charmaine, for coming on uh, the show and sharing your expertise. I know oh, I found it very valuable and I'm sure everyone who's watching and listening uh, to the recording once it goes live will, will certainly benefit as well. Thank you once again. Oh, thanks, Emery, for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you.